Do you ever notice they have a little thing they sometimes they put on TV where a man and a woman is sitting and having a heated discussion? It's called a mouth battle. <laughs> she goes running up the steps. He's downstairs and he says something and he's smiling. When she gets to the top of the steps, she echoes back to him and he said, she always has to have the last word. That's authority. Got to take your authority. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man who told a dream unto his fellow, and he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. Now he's hearing what's going on. You understand this? How many of you said and heard stuff? See, some people eavesdrop, and that's, you shouldn't be doing that. That's disrespect to your brother and sister. Some people stand close and they try to hear what you're talking about. And then they echo back to you what they heard. That's evil. That's from this guy. You shouldn't be doing that. It's none of your business what somebody else is talking about. None of your business. You don't need to be eavesdropping in on what other people said. Turn and walk away if you don't want to hear what they're saying. You want to hear what they're saying because you've got garbage can ear lids. <laughs> Yeah. I want the Holy Spirit to talk to me. I want God to talk to me. I want people who care about me, not people who want to eavesdrop. And then all of a sudden I know I seen the person who was listening. Somebody out there heard it and it came back to me. I'm saying, now how did they know they weren't even there? And then all of a sudden a little bit of wisdom comes out. But I remember who was there. They were listening and they couldn't wait till they got out there to flap their jaws to tell something about you. You shouldn't run. The Bible says about feet that run swiftly to evil. Ah, you mean God knew that? Yeah, God knew that. He knew there's people that's going to do that. They run swift to talk bad about people instead of good. Yeah. I've had people do that to me several times. And lo, a cake of barley rolled down into the host of the Midians and came unto the tent. And it smote it and it fell. Now this is a vision. He's having a dream and a vision of what's taking place. And it hit the tent, smote it, and it fell and overturned that the tent lay long. Everyone in the tent was destroyed. So God, in a dream, that's what the the guest speaker we had here the other week that spoke things to you. God was showing them things to speak to you, to encourage you. Now they may speak some things you already know and some things that you don't know. A prophet speaks <coughs> foretelling and they speak foretelling. They'll tell later what's going to take place, but there's a condition to be met. You have to be listening to God. You've got to be reading the Word. You've got to worship. You just don't go home, go make your money, buy your house, buy your car, make big bank accounts and all that stuff. Hello? And you never worship. All those distractions will steal the prophecy. And then people say, oh, that prophet was a liar. He didn't, he didn't tell me it didn't come to pass. God did not prophesy to you when it would come to pass. God prophesied that it would come to pass. But you've got to do your part. 
you got to do your part. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to understand whether you deviated. Is there somewhere where I deviated, Lord? This week, did I get hair-lipped at something my boss said or done? You need to go apart. You need to repent. You need to go back and repent. Lord, forgive me for the thoughts. I, I wanted to smack him. I wanted to run him over with my car. I remember my wife said that, or son-in-law, he was a little spunky at first, and my wife said, if I ever see him on the street, I'm going to run him down with my car. <laughs> I can't believe PJ said that. Yes, he's got a heavy foot. She was only joking. She's got a very tender heart, and I know she would not do that, but out of the frustration of her mind, I can understand that was our oldest daughter that just got married, and they just had our first grandson, our first grandchild, who, for whatever reason, he got hair-lipped and he would not allow us to see our grandson. Now, here comes the test. God's gonna say, I wanna see what's in your heart. Stuff you don't like. That's what he tests you with, stuff you don't like. Stuff you don't understand. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing? Are you listening? Stuff you don't like. He's not going to come and say, oh, don't go in Dunkin' Donuts now. I don't want you to eat another one of those eclairs because your, your sugar is going to go higher. You're going to gain weight. Big deal. That's no test. That's no test. But he's going to give you the kind of test that's going to upset you. going to upset you. I had a boss that took me off my normal job one day. I'm giving you testimony now, things that are real. They're not stories, they're things that happen. You say, oh, that sounds like a story, Pastor. Yeah, it'll never happen to you, and I want to see what you do about it. After you're matured in the Lord, if you're doing what I said, if you worship the Father, you should worship Him every day. Not a mistake. How many of you eat every day in here? If you don't raise your hand, I know you're lying. <laughs> the rest of the hands just went up. You eat every day. Why? Because your physical man desires it. Now so does the spiritual man. You have to feed him the word. You have to feed him prayer and worship. If you don't, he dies. He withers. He gets weak. And all you hear is this guy right here. You don't hear the Lord. His, his voice is so faint and so distant, you can't hear him. You say, the Lord, I had one guy tell me one time, I said, huh, Pastor, I don't believe what you preach today. I said, good. You're the first person that told me that you don't believe what I preach. I was joshing with him. I said, the thing is, he does speak to you because he said he speaks to everyone. It's your opportunity to listen. But I said, you're so busy with life. You're so busy with the money you're making. You're so busy when you eat and when you don't eat. You're so busy about this and busy about that. Oh, Pastor. Oh, don't talk to people like that, Pastor. You've got to be humble. Be nice. I was being nice. But I was telling the truth. When you stand before God, it's not going to be so nice. God's going to tell you the truth if it hair lips you or not. But you'll come back because I'm a nice person. 
I am a nice person. Whether you get mad or not. <laughs> I'm waiting for a response. <laughs> but Gideon, when he was told the dream of what God showed him, he was so strengthened, he was so encouraged in his spirit. He went, but he had this multitude of men. And then God says, you can't use all them people. See, that's the way these big churches, nothing wrong with big churches. So don't bother and say, Pastor said it's something wrong with the big church. I didn't say that. But the problem with the big church is the God that stands behind the podium. Because he begins to get arrogant. He begins to get haughty. He begins to get prideful. I can name on you in two hands big churches right now that crashed because of the God there. Who embezzled money from the church. Millions of dollars. One just happened here just a couple months ago. I can name them to you. They slept with the secretary. And they were married and had children. I can read you. Why? Because of this guy right here. I can handle, I can take care of. No, you can't. No, you can't. The moment you say that, pride goes before the fall. It's just a matter of time. I never say that. When my wife and I said talking, I said, honey, by the grace of God, I'll never take another drink of alcohol. By the grace of God. I'll never smoke another cigarette. By the grace of God, I'll never use foul language. By the grace of God, I'll never lie or cheat anyone. You hear what I'm saying? I'm giving this guy here all the credit. He says, I'm a jealous God, and I will not give my glory to another. Listen to that terminology. You think I'm tough this morning? Listen to his terminology. He said, I will not give my glory to another. That's tough. That's real tough. But I'm not supposed to do that because I know one day I got a vow. He said, Revelation, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. If I don't preach the message the way he wants it today, I gotta give answer to him, not you. I don't have to answer to you. I gotta answer to him. Then I'm done, baby. My turkey's cooked. <laughs> I'm done, I'm done with that. And when he told me when he came to him and he said, you need to split the people. Because I read to you here, Israel became haughty in their self. They became prideful because they won war after war after war. I'm going to use the word battle. They won battle after battle after battle. Okay. Are you talking to me, Pastor? Yeah. You won the financial problem. You landed the job. You got that college degree you wanted. You married that person you thought was the best person on the planet. You won all those battles. And without God, you're ready for the fall. You're ready for the fall. If you don't give God the credit, you don't give God the credit. <laughs> I laughed. My wife and I laughed. We went up to the we went up to the library up here. <clears throat> now one day, 
One day I couldn't say that out of a truthful heart, but we got the, we found a, uh, they had a table of free. Uh, when you graduate, you know you get the before and before. Huh? Your books. What? Yearbooks. 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 And she went in there and she found there was only one. Only one. That was what was so funny. She found one yearbook of 66 when I graduated. <laughs> and we were leafing through it. You know, we've seen all the pictures and memories of people that was in our class. And the, when we turned the page, my picture was there. And somebody with ink wrote in a side of my picture, the greatest. We cracked up. There wasn't, there was, we don't know whose it was, there was no signature, there was no other writings. That was the only writing in the whole yearbook. <laughs> My wife said, you have a secret admirer. I said, evidently, evidently. But what I've been through, I can honestly stand here and say, I do not feel one iota of the greatest. Right here is what made me great. And I'm not talking about a big church with a lot of people and a choir and musicians and all that. You see, I don't have any ushers. And, and I'm not against those things. But it's not about that. It's about when I can stand up here and say with an honest heart that God spoke to my heart. God gave me the message. And I can preach the message to you that God wants you to hear. And give the Lord a hand clap. Yes. That's, what, that's the interpretation I took out of the term the grants. But you know, God's word says, how many ever read the scripture where it says God does the foolish things to confound the wise? Now I know I'm a little long today, but I'll try to shorten it up. He does that to confound the wise. There's a scripture. Uh, turn with me to Matthew while I'm talking. I'll give you the interpretation of Matthew 22 and 14. See, this is the difference between Gideon that God saw. See, God sees the heart. God looks what's in there. He knows what was in there. He knows what's to come in there. He knows what he can do with it. And that's what he looks at. He don't look at your education. He don't look at your degrees. He don't look at all the friends that you have. He don't look at your bank account. He doesn't consider that. All those things are important. What he considers is what's in that heart. Matthew 22, 14, he says, for many are called. That means the Holy Spirit will chide people all over the world. Okay? But few are chosen. Only a few. There's only a few that he can really talk to. In closing, when he talked to Gideon, it's called Gideon's 300. And he had 30-some thousand. 
He said, I want you to go out and look at your... And God does that today. A lot, a lot of times you see people come and go because they can't handle the long haul. They think it's all a parade and a party. You come and get saved and, oh boy, I'm just going to prosper and be in health and everything's going to go good. You joined the wrong kingdom because that's not the way the kingdom of God is. You've got to fight the good fight, Paul said. You've got to hang in there. Now each one of us, each one of us goes through different things. You, you may say, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Say that to me one more time. Say it to me again. I hear it, but do you hear it? Do you hear what your lips are saying? Do you hear what you're saying? What I've been through. What are you complaining about? What are you griping about? What are you mad about? What are you upset about if you've been through? You didn't say you don't know what I'm stuck in. You don't know what I'm getting beat up about. You said you don't know what I'm through. That's true. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the things I had to face. I mean, I had to face some real, real, real. And I believe God wanted me to stay, not that I'm not a humble person, but that God wanted me to stay humble. That's not an easy thing when you look in life and when things begin to be successful. And when they begin to be successful, see, your ego, and you've got a head like this, you know, and you don't realize it. You're the last person that realizes it. But everybody else sees it. What's wrong with you? What's your problem? Your head keeps swelling and swelling. Yes. We all live in the real world. We've all been beat. We've all been lied about. We've all been abused. We've all been taken advantage in different points. I don't want to go through what you've been through. You probably wouldn't want to go through what I've been through. And like I shared my testimony on my grandfather's farm, my one uncle, he was next to an alcoholic and he used to have this thing. And my youngest brother and I were sitting outside on the picnic table and we were discussing something. My brother, he was always looking for trouble. He always wanted to get into stuff. And I, and I made a comment about, you better not do that, uncle. I named my uncle's name. I said, Uncle, he'll beat your butt or something. So to that aspect, which I was jossing with my brother just so he wouldn't do what he thought I was being intimidating or offended to him. He'd come over and got a hold of me. I was about 12 years old. Try it. You won't like it. <clears throat> he picked me up by the neck carried me down to the overflow at the spring, held my head underwater. He said, I'll drown you. Now, that wasn't my uncle. See, a lot of people don't know. See, they don't know how to discern. You need to learn, Paul said, pray for the spirit of discernment. That was not my uncle. I didn't hold that against my uncle. Once I became a Christian, I forgave him. It was this guy right here. This guy used him against me because he knew who I was going to be as I grew up. He wanted to discourage me. He wanted to stop me in any area he can. He wants to stop you from fulfilling your mission for God. Stop getting angry at people. 
In Ephesians, it says, people, people's not your battle. Quit having a mouth battle with people. It's not, people's not your problem. The influence of that guy is from the world of darkness. He's out of the abyss to destroy you. And as long as you, as long as you fall for that, you're going to spend your whole life in misery. All your whole life, you're going to have a vendetta of getting against people. Because that you're going to have that mindset. That's all you're going to have, a mindset. They hate me. They don't like me. And I could go on and on some more gory stories that happened to me. But I'm not going to go there. But I realized one day when I read that, they are not your problem. And I started to put those names in there. I put my uncle's name in there. I put my former employer's name in there. The worst one I had to put in there was my former mentor, my pastor of 28 years, who knocked me on the floor. I said he knocked me on the floor. Did I get up and knock him back? No. No. I was more grown than that. I was more spiritual than that. I got back up with tears in my eyes and I prayed of many a night that I would not be bitter, that I would not be angry. You heard how many heard the saying, don't throw the baby out with bath water? Anybody hear that? Nobody? Everybody hear that? Don't throw the baby out with it? You, you younger kids probably never heard that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That means the good with the bad. I wasn't going to cast him aside for all the good things he taught me. He taught me what not to do. That was my greatest stability. That was my greatest foundation. He taught me what not to do. And here I am in the same footsteps he's in. And I said, Lord, don't let me teach people or treat people the way he did don't let me do that. And I try my best to love people and treat people. And that's why. It's not me. It's him in me, through me. you got to understand, when you allow him, when you allow him to saturate you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, you don't want to hurt nobody. You don't want to hold a vendetta against nobody. You don't want to hold on forgiveness. You want to love people. You want to help people. Because that was His call in you, through you. Now, He didn't say it would be easy. But in closing, listen to what He did. The people who mutilated Him, who beat Him and spit on Him and cursed Him, and called him every vile thing in the book and hung him on that cross. That was the hatred of this guy. That's how much he hates him. That he used those people. It wasn't the Jew that crucified him. Quit hating the Jews. Some people hate the Jew. The Jews didn't crucify him. He did. He was the instigator. And we hung on that cross. He looked up and said, Father, forgive him. Somebody looks sideways at us. We're mad for a month. So we need to say, where do I stand as Gideon? And when God started to separate his bunch, 
there was hundreds of thousands of enemies against you. That's the way with us in life. How many things come against us? We should start smiling and say, okay, Jesus, what are we going to do with this one? <laughs> Ring your hands. Instead of getting mad, instead of getting upset, instead of getting grouchy, instead of not talking to nobody for a month, ring your hand and say, okay, Jesus. But when you recognize it's him and not you, he'll take care of it. And you'll come away and it, it don't bother you a bit. Because you allow him. You have to allow him. You have a free will to allow him to get you to forgive. You have to allow him to smile regardless of what people done to you. You have to allow him to be with you. That's what I tell people when God is with you, when you find the favor of God, when we come in this building, we had tools and two boards laying everywhere. And we went up to the burr office, and you know what they said, Pastor, go ahead and have your gathering. Just don't let your tools lay out where nobody falls over. I was in this building for three months before they even gave you, by law, they were supposed to give me an occupancy permit. I didn't have that permit for three months. They allowed me in there. They just gave me the word of mouth, go and have it. Now you say, oh, well, that was, you know, we try to, coincidence, we like to use that coincidence. No, because there was a room down below there's a bunch of dope-smoking, beer-guzzling idiots that was down there, I mean, raising the rockets. They painted the whole room black. They had everything black. The floor, the ceiling, the walls. <laughs> they were not down there one week. One week! They sent the police down and threw them out. Now, it's not coincidence. I was up here three months. They wouldn't even give them a permit. I was up here three months without a permit. <laughs> That's favor of God. That's because when God sends you and God calls you, God will be with you. But you've got to be willing, willing to surrender to God. Is anybody learning anything? Yeah, I am. Two. What about the rest of You're learning. I know you're learning. I I can hear your quietly. Your cogs are turning. Yeah. God loves you, and I do too. And I'm so grateful every one of you is here. I pray that God be with. You. Don't forget our picnic. It's got to be at our house this year. We have a swimming pool for the kids. So bring some towels and whatever. And we're gonna have a water slide for the kids. We're going to have a lot of food for the people that like to eat. And we're going to have tons of marshmallow. We have, a, we have a new fire pit and we have marshmallow skewers and just laugh and talk and spend the whole day together and get to enjoy. We're the family of faith. We're to come together and love one another. We're to forget the past, let go of the past. I might say something to you that don't like it. That don't mean I'm mad at you. I might pass you by and not hug you today or shake your hand. That don't mean I'm mad at you. When I come into church, I like to keep my mind on my message. But Gideon, God broke his 
people down to Gideon 300. Now, if you do a search on that, Bible scholars say it was uh, 400 to 1. That's how many enemies was against Gideon's bunch. 400. For the Midianites, the Gibeonites. 400 to every soldier. <laughs> you think you got about, how would you like 400 things to come at one time? Furnace blow up, the roof cave in, the car break down, the motor fall out, tires go flat. Just keep right on going. Bills keep coming in, all your checks are bouncing, something's wrong at the bank. Hello? 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 That's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to crush you from all four corners. But when you realize God is your redeemer, nothing can stop you. You won't let it stop you. How many's glad you came today? See now, if you give a good one, I'll stop. <laughs> God loves you and I do too. I'm so grateful you come. We miss you when you're not here. We really love you. We know some of you can't help it. We know that. But my wife and I, little PJ, she, she's a sweetheart. We were praying the other day and she said, Oh, Lord, all those that would love to be here and can't be here, she says, be with them, Lord. Speak to their hearts. We love you. We want to help you. We want to benefit you. That's the words to do. Sometimes it's like sandpaper. Feels a little scruffy. Pastor's not mad at nobody. I don't get mad. I get even. <laughs> I want you to have a fantastic day. We're the family of faith. Yes. Family of faith. God's children. Have a great day. You have a great Shake at least three people's hands. Yeah. Thank them for coming. Come on now, don't be shy. Thank them for coming. Not the same three people all the time. I'm tinkering with my laptop. Yeah, we're playing. I was kind of busy this week. It's okay. My daughter has worked continually. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm